Good morning. We're going to be starting in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible or your tablet, we'll be starting in Ephesians chapter 3. A couple quick announcements. I wanted to let you guys know that we do have an official date set. Uh, Very exciting. January 5th, uh, we'll be meeting in a space. It's it's located right off of um, Cool Springs and this Cool Springs area. and Franklin, Impact Sports, uh, spoke with Deanne, and, and it looks like we're all good to go. So very excited about that, being able to have a space where we can meet and fellowship and study the Word and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ and uh, partake in the fellowship of the mystery to make all men see that. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians. So uh, if you're in the Nashville area, we encourage you. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, meet us there. Uh, feel free to contact me either through email, alex.belingit at gmail.com, or shoot me a message on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you guys that uh, tune in online and our listeners and watchers. And uh, It's just encouraging to hear from you guys nonetheless. So, uh, I've been stewing on this new series for, for quite some time, and I've titled it Understanding the Mystery. And uh, I've kind of broken this down. I think it's going to be a four-part um, series. It might go on beyond that. Uh, but today, I, I really wanted to talk about uh, some things that Paul talks about. And let's, let's just read uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll go through the first four verses, and and I'll kind of give an overview. Today I want to lay some framework for all of the messages that are going to follow after this. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writing to the Ephesians, he tells them, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, there's a couple things in this, this passage uh, that I want to pull out. One, Paul's in prison. He, he said there in verse 1 of chapter 3, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. That's significant. I'm just highlighting prisoner and I'll explain a little bit further. If ye heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, given me, given to Paul, to you words, us, it's everybody. So there's this dispensation of the grace of God. That is the times that we are living in today. And in other words, God is dispensing grace. He's not requiring any works from anybody. And basically calling all of the world to believe and receive that free gift of salvation of what Christ did for them on the cross. Christ dying for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and being buried and rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And you believing and receiving that truth, that free gift of salvation... You are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, sealed unto the day of redemption. Meaning when Christ comes on the clouds, you can't lose it. You can't lose your salvation. It's an incredible spiritual blessing we have in Christ today for those who have trusted in the gospel of Christ. And in verse 3, it says, How that by revelation, meaning 
the Lord Jesus Christ revealed these things to Paul. No man did this except the Lord Jesus Christ. Had made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in a four and a few words, whereby when ye read, when you read Paul's epistles and you, you study those 13 books, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, understanding the mystery is this kind of where I got the inspiration for this series. And what's sparking it is I think this is something that is being greatly missed amongst the Christendom today. And I'm calling it Christendom. I'm talking about all the religions of Christianity. And, um, you know, sometimes I get asked, Alex, why are you doing what you do? Why do you bother? And, And, you know... What started this whole entire thing for me is I'm in my 30s. I'm getting up in the age where now I'm thinking about, okay, what do I want to leave behind uh, for the next generation? And when I'm looking to the right and I'm looking to the left and I'm trying to see, okay, who's actually picking up the torch of this message that we carry here, this great message. And it was hard for me to find. I was hard-pressed to find anybody that was willing to kind of take the reins and just preach the Word as it is. Not words of men, because the thing that I've been seeing and I've observed is what I found when I was searching. I was finding a lot of words of men today. And what I mean by that is a lot of man's opinion about what the Word of God is and less about what the Word of God actually says, where it says it, as it says it, to who it says it to. And, you know, when I started getting into this, I started thinking about, I have a daughter now, and I've got another one on the way, so I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about what I'm going to be leaving behind for them. And we live in this age of technology now, where we have things like Facebook and YouTube and whatever platforms are out there. And there are wonderful mediums today where we can share the gospel with others freely, where they don't feel confined like they have to come into a space where they feel uncomfortable. And Lord knows, I have no idea who's tuning in and watching in and hearing these messages. But I do know one thing. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing cometh by the word of God. And I know the power of what these words do. This wor- the words that we preach are life Christ talks about. And it is the power of God unto salvation, speaking the gospel of Christ. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation. And so when a preacher preaches the gospel of Christ, and when a lost soul hears that gospel, and they believe it and they receive it, right there is the power of God unto salvation. Meaning they just got deposited into their body the Holy Ghost. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now living and dwelling inside them, and the Bible says they are sealed unto the day of redemption, meaning you can't lose it. And guess what? When that moment happens, there's someone that hates that. The devil. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to do whatever he can in his power to derail that individual and to make them fall away from this truth. He wants to cut off communication. He doesn't want them to have this book to understand who they are in Christ and what they have and their inheritance. And if he can stop that individual now from sharing that thing that happened to them, well, now he's got a leg up on us, per se. So, there's this thing called the mystery. 
and it was revealed to Paul. And no other, no other, no other apostle was given this mystery. And so, kind of what I want to unpack is what are those things? What are the? What is this mystery that was given to Paul? I remember hearing this at first, and I'd get so frustrated because I'd say, "Oh, this mystery! What? What is he talking about?" And you know, I think a lot of Christianity today kind of thinks that this book is mysterious. It's hard to be understood. Even Peter quoted in his epistle, Paul, as he writes in all his epistles, are hard to be understood. Rightly so. So I want to kind of unpack why these things were kind of hard to be understood. And I hope that by the end of the series, the simplicity that is in Christ and just simply believing the words on the pages of the Bible where it says it, to whom it says it to, light bulbs might come off. So, I welcome you to grab your Bible, grab a pen and paper, jot down all these Bible verses, don't take my word for it, believe the words on the pages of the Bible. Just trust in the Word of God, it's so simple. So, there's something that i gotta got to really kind of lay down the foundation work here. So, what I'm highlighting here is we'll take this timeline right here, and I want you to imagine that this is just the book of Acts. For those of you who don't know who the book of Acts is, it's very simple. Genesis through the Old Testament has 39 books in the Old Testament. When you get to your New Testament, you have four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You might hear these called as the four Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus Christ's earthly ministry to, the, to, to the, uh, Israel, the nation, the chosen nation of God. God's chosen people for the earth. Then, after those four books, you have the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostle. These are all the historical events of what happened after the cross of Christ. And it's really interesting when you read the book of Luke and the book of Acts, those were all the order of things that happened in historical context. Then you've got 13 books after the book of Acts. These are the 13 epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote. Every single one of his epistles epistles start with his name. God did that. He ordained this. It's his book. He's the author of it so that you would not confuse these books with the rest of the Bible because the message in there is completely different from the message as the full canon of the Bible outside of it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's only 13 books that deal with God's plan for the restoration of heaven. That's Paul's epistles. The rest of the books deal with God's plan to bring restoration to the earth through the nation Israel. But we're living in the dispensation of the grace of God. God isn't dealing with the nation Israel. He's dealing with all nations, calling them to faith and obedience in Christ through the gospel of Christ. And then you've got the remaining books of Hebrews through Revelation. That's how your Bible is laid out. Now, what I've done now is I've taken the book of Acts and I've laid it out here on a timeline for you. So imagine Acts uh, 1 starting right after here, after the cross, and then we got Acts 28. That's how many chapters in the book. That's when it concludes. And when we get to Acts 28, the Bible says that salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and that they will hear it. If this is your first time hearing the word Gentiles, Gentiles just means all nations. It means everybody, not just Israel. It's important for you to understand that when you read the Old Testament, God was dealing with respective persons. His chosen nation was Israel. God was wiping out nations before the, in times past. God isn't doing that today. That's why it's important for you to understand that God is doing something specific today. 
that he's not done in times past and he's not going to do in the future. And what happens today is a lot of people fundamentally disobey the Word of God according to 2 Timothy 2.15 where Paul instructs Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And what he means by that is separating truth from truth. There is, it's true. All the Bible is true. But there are things that God is doing today that's truth, the program, that He's not doing over there or over there. So, when you look at the book of Acts, when we get to Acts 9, this is when God saves a man called Saul of Tarsus. Saul's name was changed later in Acts 13 to Paul. Now, this guy, Saul, was God's public enemy number one. He was the guy that was putting the twelve and the little flock and those that were believing in the Christ, Jesus Christ, putting them in prison, having them slaughtered. Then, in Acts 13, he kind of takes a seat, back seat. Acts 13 is when Paul begins his ministry. Now, I encourage you to read the book of Acts as a whole, and you can see a lot of things going on in there. Acts 13 to 20, Paul begins his ministry. And there's some things going on here. It's when he, I call these, when he wrote, writes his pre-prison epistles. There's 13 books. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, are when he writes his pre-prison epistles. Then you've got the remaining books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, where he writes his prison epistles. Um, there's a lot of information that I'm unpacking here, and I hope that you can keep up with me, and that's why I encourage you to jot these things down. But there's different things going on in those time periods, and this is why things are so hard to be understood. Now, let me just check something right here. I had something go dark. Hang with me. Bear with me. Now, in these pre-prison epistles, let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. Notice in verse 25 and 26. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but is now made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So there's something that is very significant here. One, he calls it my gospel, not Peter's or anybody else's. It was given to him. Two, he talk, talks about it being the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Meaning this is something God kept secret before the world began. In verse 26, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets. Meaning that there are things in the scriptures that were kept secret. And you could search these things out. So, interestingly enough, you got the book of Romans. Now, when you read the book of Romans, Paul quotes the Old Testament scriptures 37 times. Then you've got the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. 
There's things there that he highlights. In 1 Corinthians, he quotes the scriptures 14 times. 2 Corinthians, he quotes the Old Testament scriptures seven times. When you get to Galatians, he quotes the Old Testament scriptures six times. And we've got Ephesians and Timothy. He quotes in Ephesians two times and 1 Timothy one time. Now, there are other verses where he doesn't directly quote them, but he references them about 38 times. So there's a total of 105 times in Paul's epistles where he references the Old Testament scriptures. Why does he do that? Well, it's important for you to understand that from Acts 13 to 20, well, this whole entire time frame is over 30 years. So you need to keep that in mind. It's not like uh, you read a chapter and you, you can read that in, I don't know, three, five minutes. But you could read through years of what's happened and progressed in that time. Paul said, I will come unto visions and revelations of the Lord. Meaning he didn't receive all the mystery of Christ like he was just zapped. It was a progression. Now, from this time, Acts 13 to Acts 20, Paul was going into the synagogues to the Jews first, then to the Greeks. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Notice in verse 2, And Paul... As his manner was, went into them, and the three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Let's go to verse 1 so you understand who them is. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. So Paul goes into a synagogue, and Paul, as his manner was. What was his manner? He was going into the synagogues. Why was he going into the synagogues? Because when you read... Romans chapter 1, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation for the Jew first and then to the Greek. You need to understand that from in his pre-prison epistles, Paul is going into the synagogues. Who's in synagogues? Jews. And what's he doing? He's reasoning out of the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. So, all of this book, I've said this before, you're reading a Jewish book. Majority of it. And there's this little piece, these 13 books, still, Paul is dealing with Jews. And then there's also dealing with Gentiles. But that's something unique, because Paul was the only one that held that office as the apostle of the Gentiles. Peter and the eleven, they never had that title. In fact, Jesus Christ told them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Enter ye not. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. Go check it out. But Paul had this, this office that he magnified. Let's go to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Verse 13. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. Paul wasn't magnifying himself. He was magnifying his unique office 
And he tells you later in Timothy that he was ordained to be a preacher, a teacher, an apostle of the Gentiles. Only him. Only one guy that the Bible says that about. So when you get to these prison epistles, there's something that happens and it changes. No longer is Paul going to the Jew first and then to the Greek. He receives the full revelation of the mystery of Christ. And we're going to unpack that in the series to come. So the first thing that we need to do in order to really kind of unpack the mystery is we need to understand what the foundation is. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he tells them, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul laid the foundation of Jesus Christ in the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hang all right, and we'll read the first four verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. So, the Gospel is this, Christ died for our sins. That is the mystery. That's one of the mysteries. And in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul explains... In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, talking about Christ, in whom we, so in whom is in Christ, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So, this is something that contrasts with Peter, because in under Peter's ministry, you had the remission of sins through water baptism, but through Paul... It tells us we have redemption through His blood. Blood and water, those are different things, different programs. But this is something that's missed a lot today. It's confusing for people. God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So quicken, we've been made one with Christ. We've been made alive in Christ. When we were dead in sins, when you believed in Christ, you were made alive in Christ. And you've become part of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 11, And not only so, 
but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, meaning God has blotted out our sins the moment we've trusted in Christ. We're not waiting for Him to forgive us. He's already taken care of it, paid in full at Calvary. So, you've got the gospel of Christ as the foundation. Paul says he's not ashamed of it. Let's go to Acts 20. Acts 20, 24. Paul writes, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. The ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So, the gospel of Christ has another name. It goes by the gospel of the grace of God, which it's for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Meaning, a gift. Can you pay for a gift? No. You can't pay for a gift. Otherwise, if you pay for it, it's not a gift anymore. But we've been, been saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Have you received that free gift? Do you know you're saved? How do you know it? Are you saved because you've received the free gift that the Bible talks about? Or are you saved because you think you did a work? Like you repented of all your sins or... You turned away from your sins or because you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Or maybe you kneeled down at an altar and dedicated your life to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you think you said a prayer. A sinner's prayer. There's a lot of Gospels out there. There's a lot of confusion today. And if you're not in the Word of God, if you're not in this book, you can be susceptible to be leaving anything. There's a lot of words of men out there today. There's a lot of doctrines and commandments of men. And just as Israel forsook the word of the Lord in the Old Testament, I see the church, the body of Christ, doing a lot of things and repeating a lot of the mistakes that Israel made today. I encourage you to dive into the word. I encourage you to give attendance to reading an exhortation and the doctrine that's in Romans through Philemon. If you haven't read it, read those 13 books. Study it. So there's a lot to unpack in this series, Understanding the Mystery. And today was kind of just to kind of lay a foundation and we'll kind of expound upon it. But the one thing that I also want to mention before we get away, and this is the great mystery, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Go back a chapter to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in the one hope of your calling. So there's only one of these mysteries, I've seen anywhere from 11 to 13, that we'll kind of talk about. There's only one mystery in your Bible that's a great mystery. 
And that grace mystery that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32 is the church, the body of Christ. If you've trusted in Christ and that there's one thing that you take away from today's message, today's message is this. If you've trusted in Christ, you have a new identity. And that is becoming a member of the church, the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. And those who have trusted, we are all members of the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, it says, For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. You go back and you read in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read it. We'll close there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are past. Behold, all things are new. And that new creature is what God is forming today. The church, the body of Christ. That's what I want you to sink deep into your heart and in your mind. You are a member of the church, the body of Christ. The church, the body of Christ is not identified as the nation of Israel, God's plan to bring restoration to the earth. God is forming the church, the body of Christ, and we have a heavenly inheritance far above all heavens. That's where our destination is going. That's where our inheritance. We're not waiting for a kingdom to be established here on the earth. Those are the things that God has in store for the nation of Israel, and He is going to fulfill that one day. But that won't happen until Christ comes on the clouds and takes the body of Christ out of here. Then God will continue His prophetic program with the nation of Israel. So, I hope you learned something new. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope it sparked you to be hungry, to want to now go and search the Scriptures yourselves. Receive what it is, but go and search it out and verify it. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You so much for the truth that we have, that we can hold in our hands, black and white on the pages of our Bible, and study Your Word, rightly divine the Word of truth. We pray for those who are tuning online, Lord, that they put their trust in You, that they would believe and receive the Gospel of Christ simply as it is. You dying for their sins on the cross, being buried and rose again the third day, and just receiving that free gift and that You would uh, just continue to work in their lives, Lord, and begin to guide them into the Scriptures, to study it and understand and grow in the grace and knowledge of You. We love You, Lord. We pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank You so much for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow night for study.